0: Welcome to the Passive Income Through Multifamily Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by Vertical Street Ventures, where we talk to top experts and seasoned investors to help provide clarity and key insights to keep you safe on your journey to financial freedom. Our goal is to help you get educated on how to create passive income for you and your family using real estate as your vehicle. If you enjoy the show... Please go to iTunes and leave a rating and a written review to help us grow and reach more listeners. Hello, everyone.
1: Welcome back to the Passive Income Through Multifamily Real Estate Podcast. My name is Peter Pomeroy, and I am your host. Today's show is part two of a two-part series on property management companies. In today's podcast, we will be interviewing Anthony DeAugustine, who leads Avant Garde, a property management company with deep expertise on properties with less than 100 units. Anthony has been the president and owner of Avant-Garde for over nine years. Prior to Avant-Garde, he held numerous leadership positions at other property management companies. Looks like it's been property management from the beginning with you. And we'll get in more about his background in a minute. But Anthony, uh, welcome to the show.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: Excellent, excellent, thank you. All right, let's get into it. Can you share just kind of quickly your, yeah, you know, progression to avant garde, how you got into property management.
2: Sure, sure. My father owned a property management company and I worked for him most of my life. And then right around 09, I had a client say, Hey, you know, why don't you go out on your own and I'll, you know, I'll back in, we'll be partners. So I did that for, I don't know, from '09 to about 13 and then realized, Hey, I could, I could, you know, I want my own show. So I actually went back with my father, purchased company from him, kind of, Put his company to bed. It was a different name back then. It was PH Realty. And that's where I opened Avangard July of uh, 13.
1: Yeah. Uh, excellent. Um, excellent. Excellent. All right. Well, let's talk about avant-garde. You know where you know where are you is it Phoenix? Is it Phoenix too? Like where, where are your markets? Let's talk. Let's give a, like our listeners an overview, of kind of your business and what you do.
2: Yeah, with, with Garde, we're just in the Phoenix metropolitan area. I am aware of. I used to manage statewide. My last company, that's what I did, mostly tax credits in rural areas. But A focused just on a Phoenix metropolitan. We're not in Tucson yet. Uh, I like to expand out that way. But right now we're just into in the metropolitan area.
1: That's a big market. So in terms of the owners that you're working with, and for the you know purposes of of our conversation, we'll assume we're talking about people who you know buy, sell, own, want to own properties that have around fifty units, you know plus minus. Do you work with all types of owners in terms of those that want to do like a heavy construction, like a value add? What, what can you tell us about who your clients are?
2: It definitely changed over the last few years. I mean, It used to be just your bread and butter. You know, somebody wants to buy a multifamily, you know, as a trust investment. And, and uh, that's the way it was. It was, uh, you know, more of a tax shelter than anything. This market's quite different. Everything's cash flow. And we're seeing a lot more syndicate hitters in this market than we have in the past. I think that's been the biggest change over the last few years is seeing the syndication growth and it becomes such a a major part of the industry.
1: Okay. And so then for, I know for our conversation, we're thinking about like unit properties around 50 units, 40 units, but share with us kind of what the range of properties you manage. I assume we're talking all about residential but what's the what's the range?
2: Yeah, I have a few single family homes, but I, I do anything from duplexes. I'll do single family homes usually in bulk, and up to my biggest property right now is three hundred and two units. We play in both fields. We specialize in the under hundred doors, but I do have probably about eight or ten properties that are over that hundred unit number.
1: Okay, that's good to know. All right, so. With a fifty-unit property, you know, somewhere in Phoenix MSA, how would you? How is that managed? Like, what's the structure? And I know that it like will vary. But if I'm an owner, i I bought a you know fifty-unit property. I come to you and I say, how should we? And I'm 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 you know newer, and I say, how should we staff? What what should we do?
2: You know, on a fifty-unit property, you're looking at about thirty-two hours a week, barely full-time staffing, one maintenance, one manager. In this market, we've seen it go a little lighter than that. I've seen some people put, what, 20 hours a week, maintenance and 20 hours for the manager, 20 hours for the maintenance guy. But you start getting in that little, that tight spot when you hit that 50 unit mark on whether they're going to be part-time or full-time, you're kind of in that gray area right there. So it is property dependent. If the property is management intense, you're going to go with the higher hours. If it runs pretty smoothly, you you can get away with the lower hours.
1: And I assume that you know let's just say i'm the owner i bought a 50 unit property and it has you know we're going to renovate 25 of the units or so and do some capex stuff does the the hours kind of obviously go up and then go down or how how would you how do you address like those needs
2: They stay pretty consistent during construction. It's in the lease up is where you'll see the spike in hours. Okay. That gives us the ability and and lease up usually will start at the end of during construction, right towards the tail end of it. We want construction in place. Why we do the lease up. They want to see the new action they want to you know see something new coming to market, and that's where we get our most interest. So our peak interest is actually towards the tail end of construction. With that all new excitement, we'll we'll get through lease up. I recommend when you do lease up, you go to full time until you hit your numbers, and then you can back off the hours from there, or you can bring in a part time leasing agent depending on the structure you know you're dealing with.
1: Okay, so I'm going to go back to you were just talking about you know there's construction or or whatever there's work being done there's trucks out in front there's excitement if, if I'm, a, so I'm the owner and i say you know anthony oh, i want to do the units first because if the units look nice then we can get a higher rent because that's where people pay rent i've also heard people say oh no you want to be a little more thoughtful about it and if you're going to paint the building you know get the fresh paint on on the exterior like, how do you work through through some of that stuff? And maybe it just happens so fast that it's not as big of an issue.
2: Yeah, I think it depends a little bit on your timeline and 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 where you're going with it. If you're, you know, going to turn the unit in a year or the the property in about a year's time or so, then I would recommend you do the curb to door first. That will drive your traffic. So as the units come online, you'll get a better demographic and clientele. So I, I would recommend you always do curb the door, and then you go on the interiors, so that kind of you're setting it up.
1: Yeah, that that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. What, what do you know? There's even an expression, curb to door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All, right. All right, terrific. So for these next questions, we're you know again we're like emphasizing the 50 unit property owner. I'm going to like you know include class B, maybe B minus to C plus or C for people who own those properties. What are their like? What are their biggest needs like, generally? And then I'm going to add, you know, comma, and how might that be changing given, you know, the last three months or or more of, you know, kind of all sorts of instability out there and worries.
2: Well, it just, you have to be very attentive and really strive on the customer service side. The units are done at that point, typically, right? If saying we're looking at something turnkey, 50 units, let's say the units are upgraded already. Then at that point, we're just looking to run things as efficiently as possible and squeeze as much out of the warranties as we can. You have to have a little bit of higher level of customer service when you flip a building because your clientele goes up with what you did. So you can't forget about as the customer service aspect and staying in constant communication with the resident
1: i'll confess you know being somebody who who syndicates it's kind of easy for me to forget like when i'm thinking about a property and the value added plan you know my admission is i'm not thinking as much about the tenants i mean i am but i'm not i'm thinking i want the work done efficiently quickly on time budget etc and you know, you as a property manager know where, like, and I know as well, but like are much more closely connected to the tenants who are the ones paying the rent. So I appreciate your, your comment on thinking it through with their kind of perspective in mind.
2: Even if it's in the process of bringing rehab, there's a lot of displacement that goes along with it, a lot of moving parts. And again, that's where that customer service is really going to come in hand, and and staying in really clear communication with them because it's been in my experience that's the toughest thing. Yeah, and you're dealing with a very sensitive situation at that point. Somebody's home, and they get very protective of it. So we want to make sure that we do everything we can to keep them abreast of what's going on.
1: What about you know when you're having meetings with owners right now? You know that are your clients given like you know concerns of uh, you know. A- a potential a potential recession or inflation are there certain themes you're hearing from owners
2: there's a little talk that the economy you know in 18 months is you know maybe Going south on us, we'll see. You know, that's that's kind of what the rumor is out there. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that to be true. I still haven't seen any indicators on it. Rents still aren't flattening out. What I look for is now hiring signs. The way I see it is, if there's a lot of employment out there, then that's going to stop wages from going up, which could level things out. We're seeing in our market a lot of now hiring still. So right. I don't honestly see the slowdown that they're presenting, but you know, we will.
1: Yeah, and, and I think you know you would. If the concerns, I'm just speculating, but if the concerns were were very high, you might start to be hearing things like, "Oh, I think our rents are going to be dropping," and maybe the rent growth is slowing. But it's like kind of like a little hard to say. It's a little unfair to say that about, say, Phoenix because you know it's going from what, like, 17 percent to like 12 percent or something, or or whatever. It's it's still at a very high growth.
2: Yeah, like 30 percent year over year inflation. Yeah.
1: Right. So it doesn't sound like the, the owners that you're working with are saying, "Oh, boy, you know, we really need to start to like." Focus even more on driving operating expenses down, or those kinds of things because of something that's macroeconomic. It sounds like they're like focused on both, you know, rent and backs and efficiency.
2: They're still focused on pushing income. And our inventory in Phoenix is really tight, so their focus focus right now is on the purchasing side, especially before anything happens. Some of them are slowing down and others are, are speeding up. It's interesting to see. Yeah. I got some clients that are just kind of holding back waiting to see what happens and then I have others that are, are you know are telling me it's coming but they're bringing in investors and really trying to take a, a last bite before it happens. okay.
1: so like related to this, you know if we just look at like kind of back up a little bit from from your perspective on the Phoenix market, how like how is the market, the overall energy the, the trading velocity interest has it changed much from say say a year
2: ago? It's slowed down just a little bit, some of it's due to lack of inventory, and some of it is that rumor, but I think it's more so lack of inventory, and it's extremely competitive right now
1: so then have values then dropped a little bit or not so much
2: a little bit they have. yeah, they've come down just a hair
1: yeah and and probably related to interest rates and just kind of making the math work or whatever their returns needs are
2: I'd say anywhere depending on the property and, and the the broker anywhere from fifteen to ten thousand or down from where they were uh-huh. about a year ago but not much more now that would be at max
1: right right okay so let's talk a little bit about how people uh, go, go I want to just go back to how people work with you yeah so I understand that the, the one you, you we get engaged and we're you know executed you know participate in the business plan give us suggestions execute okay Backing up, I want to get in. like, I'm an investor who wants to get into the Phoenix market. And, you know, I'm doing my homework. I'm educated. Maybe I own a dealer or two somewhere else. Like, do you have, like, kind of pre, pre-engagement services to help that investor validate, you know, their assumptions on what they're going to be doing? How does that work without, like, it becoming, like, your full-time job, which doesn't make sense either?
2: It, well, that's what we do. So thank you for asking that. It is a big part. So what we try to partner with our investors early, we like to know when they're in the market and, and get with them before they've even located a property. There's been times where they've been green enough and just not, I mean, when I say green, I mean, in our market, well, I will go through and introduce them to brokers to help them find the buildings down to that level. And then once they start getting the OMS coming through and properties to look at, they call me and I explain where I could take the rents and what the area looks like. And I go through and kind of give them my opinion on the management ability of the property in the local area and rents if they like it. Sometimes I'll do, uh, sometimes they'll have me do a performa budget when you're getting in that 50 unit range uh, more so. So I'll put kind of a budget together of what I think it would look like on the second year once we're done with the rehab. You know, how's this thing going to operate? Right. So I'll do that. So that helps them with their underwriting. And then when it comes time to do the due diligence on the property, I help them build a team to come out and vendors to go through the property with them and make sure that everything's working and note what the deficiencies are. And then I will work with them on those deficiencies to get estimates and things like that prior to takeover so that when we hit the ground running, you, you know, we, we could just take off once it closes. So that gives us the ability to kind of gain some extra, extra ground.
1: Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that I mean, you are definitely hitting the ground rolling, which, you know, regardless of what one's kind of thoughts are on the economy, recession, et cetera, the overarching theme I hear are owners when they're buying a property now, they want to have as many things lined up as possible so that they can be executing on their business plan, you know, the next day.
2: Because we've traded properties so much in Phoenix, I think it's become a almost like a necessity it, it, It's kind of the way it's being done now is is to hit the ground running is the trick. Some of these properties aren't being held for very long; they're holding them for a year or two and then putting them back on the market, so they need that ramp up to get it where they need it positioned to do what they want to do with the property
1: so you know on the theme of you know hitting the ground rolling what have there been, has supplied, the, all of the supply chain, forget about inflation for a minute, I'm talking about getting materials, whether they're raw materials or, you know, pre-made cabinets or the labor to install it, have, have you had a lot of challenges around that? And if so, have they been in any like, you know, consistent spots or?
2: Yeah, the appliances is probably the most consistent spot where we, where we run into, you know, there, there was a point in the summer where it was last summer, we were waiting weeks for them to come in. I'm hearing rumors about air conditioners being being a, a new problem just getting parts for them. Yeah. The labor here is a little tough. If you got the right contractor, it won't be an issue. You get the wrong contractor, you're going to be a month out uh, and you'll get pushed back. So, I would definitely if you use a third-party contractor, interview a, a handful of them mm-hmm. before deciding the on one because it's, it's going to be their they're going to ones that are control your timeline and some of these deals have really tight timelines on on completion especially on the remodel side so do your homework on the contractor
1: do you guys you know if if there's a sponsor or investor who wants you to manage the renovation construction related is that within your
2: yeah that's within our scope awesome yeah we'll work with them on not just moving the residents around but also keeping an eye on the contractor, make sure they're hitting their deadlines and and getting things completed on time because construction can be a struggle. There's always delays. So, yeah, we for a fee we'll get in there and 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 work with the contractor. Or sometimes we'll build our own teams if it's just light cosmetic and it's a it's a lower uh, tiered rehab. We'll bring we'll put our crews together and we'll get in there and uh, that gives us even better control. And we'll you know do the work on the apartments for the ownership.
1: Yeah. Having a background in part that's related to construction and construction management, my two cents is that the value that you provide is probably like you know 10x whatever the cost is just alone. Because you hear people say real estate's a local business, well, contracting work is even like more local, and or you really need to know. The people, what's going on in their lives and why they may be like able to do it or not able. I mean, it's just, it's it's a great, it's a great business, but I'm sure you guys had a a ton of value. So another question is real estate is not known as the most innovative business, you know, which, and there's like reason, good reasons for that. With respect to property management, do you see like it trends that are cut that are five years down the road or 10 years down the road that might impact how you do business?
2: A little bit. You see different ways. There's different softwares and almost like insurance programs out there for tenants that can cut their move-in cost, which is becoming kind of a new thing in our industry, I think. It's always been there, but it seems to be used more now uh, with rates being high than ever. So I think that's one of them. I think, like we talked about the ramping up and whatnot, I think that's become, like I said it before, kind of a new way the industry is trending and will continue to trend. Excellent.
1: All right. So we're going to move into our final two questions. Okay. So for the sponsor who, you know, maybe they own a duplex or, or something along those lines, a couple small properties, and now they're seeking to acquire a 50 unit property. What advice do you have for them on how best to work with you?
2: Let us work with you as early as possible within the process. Right. I'm the one on one. I'm the one that's going to be responsible for managing it. So I would, I would like to be involved in the the decision, or at least give you my two cents what the area is going to do, rather than somebody purchasing the property and say, here you deal with this. Right. <laughs> it becomes more of a win win, and more of a team when we start off early together. So I would say that that would be probably the biggest thing I would recommend. The other thing I'll say is is when you own $20 or more, if the economy does take a downturn, you're going to survive it a lot better. So I recommend if you're in the market that you do look at something over 20 units because under 20 units you get a vacancy you you know interest rates the way they are and you end up with a a loan payment that you can't cut because you're trying to get a unit back on the market and it could take you uh if the rent cycle so by being in a 20 unit or more you have a little bit more units to weather any storms that come
1: up that's wise advice And then lastly, avant-garde, share with our listeners why you named your company avant-garde and maybe what it means to you.
2: What it means to me, you know, it means unconventionally looking forward. And I felt, you know, we are a family-owned and operated company. And I felt in some ways because of that, we were a little bit different. We thought a little bit different. We're very family-motivated here so I thought that and just working with our clients and trying to be very creative on how we approach, whether it be the remodel aspect or the management of the building, I think it gives to our name. So we are very hands-on and we try to very hard to think outside of the box to reach the goals of the properties.
1: Excellent. Thank you for that. Anthony, thank you for coming on the show. If listeners would like to get a hold of you, what's the best way for them to do that?
2: They can go to our website, avant-garde, RMS, or they could call our office at 602-230-1510 and ask me, Anthony, and I will talk with them personally. And I'm involved personally on everything we manage. We stay. We have about 3,000 doors and we stay somewhat small so that we can you know, really be hands-on and work with our owners to get what they want and, and reach their goals.
1: Thank you. And for listeners that would like to connect with me or would like to be on the show, please reach out to me at Peter at northlightgrowth.com that's my email or on linkedin at peter pomeroy thank you all for being on the show we wish you a great week and we'll see you next monday
2: all right thank you peter i appreciate it
0: thanks for listening if you enjoyed the show please go to itunes and leave a rating and written review to help us grow and reach more listeners subscribe too so you can get the latest episodes lastly To stay updated, head on over to verticalstreetventures.com. If you're interested in learning more about what we do, you can schedule a call with our team on the website. Thanks again for joining us. Be sure to tune in next week for another episode.